Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, a Supernatural podcast. We were previously known as Driver Picks the Podcast, and the episode you're about to listen to was recorded under that name. Though our name has changed as of season three, our show hasn't changed that much. Our structure and theme-based discussions are the same, and we're so glad you're here. Now, let's get on the road. Hello, and welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, the show where we talk about ghosts, road trips, and free will through every episode of the TV series Supernatural. Well, folks, we made it. This is the season one finale. Over the course of this first season, we have argued about many fan theories, tracked how many times this season passed the Bechdel test, and explored ideas of family, home, trauma, gender, and the many interesting wardrobe choices of 2005 television. Today, we are discussing season one, episode 22, Devil's Trap, through the theme of free will. It is now time for our series recap, The Road So Far, and because we are at the end of season one, I'm actually going to take this recap from the Supernatural Wikipedia page for season one um, to bring us up to date to this finale episode. So the first season of Supernatural, an American dark fantasy television series created by Eric Kripke, premiered on September 13th, 2005, and concluded on May 4th, 2006, after 22 episodes. It focuses on brothers Sam and Dean Winchester as they track down their father, John, who's on the trail of the demon who killed their mother and Sam's girlfriend. During their travels, they use their father's journal to help them carry on the family business, saving people and hunting supernatural creatures. That is the Wikipedia summary of this season, but I'm going to give a couple extra details before we jump into our discussion of this episode. In the previous episode, the Winchesters took a gun called the Colt, which apparently can kill anything, and they have been hunting down Meg, the demon who seems to have a connection to the demon that killed Mary and Jess. However, Meg and another demon trap John and the previous episode episode 21 ends with john missing and sam and dean realizing that they're going to have to rescue him as well as continue hunting this demon so now that we have recapped the events of season one we'll move to our discussion of this episode episode 22 and my discussion today is with hannah very excited hello welcome back thank you thank you always a delight So we're going to start with our 30-second recap. Oh, God. (laughs) This is going to be a doozy of a recap. There's a lot that happens in this episode. All right. Bring it. Okay. Three, two, one, go. This episode picks up um, right where the previous one left off. So go listen to that episode if you want that recap. Um, We find ourselves, the boys are looking for other hunters for support to figure out what to do about John. First thing that they do is they capture the demon Meg, uh, where they learn that demons are uh, simply possessing some humans' bodies often, and they encounter sort of the, oh my god, uh, the effects of that. They go to rescue John. John is possessed. They almost kill John, but then they don't, and the demon gets away. Wow. (laughs) That that one got away from me. All right. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so first off, we get to meet Bobby because Sam and Dean go to him for help in capturing Meg and also in getting an exorcism so that they can hopefully um, use that in the future. And then they go and they find John, who's being being held captive, and it turns out John is possessed. They have a bit of a standoff when Dean realizes that John is possessed. 
the demon says a lot of really terrible things. Um, they manage, Sam is forced into a decision where he has to choose between John's wishes and Dean's and he chooses Dean and then a car hits them and the season ends. We are crushing it today. It's now time for us to talk about this episode through our chosen theme. And this week, because it is a season finale, our theme is free will. This is the theme that we will be doing for every season finale um, from seasons one to 15, because this is obviously a very huge theme within the show. And, but yeah, I'm excited to explore this episode through that theme. Abigail and I watch these episodes and as though we're not about to talk each other's ear off about it immediately following um sort of text each other like live stream <laughs> um reactions during the episode I think it's a holdout I, from our younger years I think you're right I, you know I didn't even think of that I think it is when we would watch things on rabbit I think I'm just realizing that I love that that's yeah. really endearing um yeah <laughs> yeah we're like well this is how we watch shows together we don't we gotta yeah yeah, it's as though it's, um, we have learned all sort of t- tips and tricks of the trade to make it seem as though we are sitting right next to each other on the couch. <laughs> well honed um, skill, which we are going to get to yeah, do in person again. Very excited. I'll have to record an episode while you're here. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh. We can watch Supernatural in person. We, I don't think we've literally ever done that. Probably not. How not? My heart's already very full thinking about it. I can't believe I'm going to see you in like two months. It's... I'm going to cry. It's <laughs> so much crying. Okay. Okay. Free will. Wow. Where to start? Yeah. In sort of going for it per my usual, um, I think the biggest, the two biggest instances of free will that I spotted were sort of the um the, the ethical like moral quandary of dealing with demons possessing human bodies right mm-hmm. what does that mean for your choices for the human's life um this sort of tension around the person meg was inhabiting um and if she deserved to be free of the demon and to sort of like have her own free will or to keep the demon because if she had her own free will she died which is a very fascinating um, sort yeah. of set up. Um, and then I think the second biggest instance, and I'm going through these fairly quickly because I know we both have a lot of thoughts on both of them, <laughs> um, is the free will of the family and sort mm-hmm. of the roles that they've been handed down and given and operated within versus, uh, excuse me, my little thing went off. Um, the roles that they've been handed down and given and sort of operated in versus the roles that they choose both mm-hmm. in the context of the season and the context of the episode. Yeah. My, my big two. Okay. Yes. I want to, I just, let's just jump in to, I want to talk about each of those. Um, first let's, yeah, let's talk about the, the moral quandary of demons. So like the first time we saw a demon in this season in episode four, Phantom Traveler, um, they're able to exercise that demon without injuring the person inside of it. We see a shot. We don't get like an explicit confirmation there, but we see a shot at the end of the episode of the person who was possessed, um, sitting wrapped up, um, being tended to by paramedics and conscious. And so they're successful at, um, 
getting rid of the demon without hurting the person. And really throughout this season, what they've had explicit hand in killing has been monsters. There have been human deaths, um, even of, of like I'm thinking particularly of Dead in the Water, where you have the grandfather who was responsible for the original murder of the boy who became a spirit um, and was haunting and was was committing the murders in that episode. Um, and, he, and that grandfather dies, but he dies of, again, his own free will. He walks into the lake to satisfy the spirit. Um, Sam and Dean don't make that choice. And Sam and Dean don't really make choices in season one that lead to the death of humans, even humans who have made bad choices. This is the first time where they're confronted with this choice. And it's not even a bad person. It's not even a person who's done any monstrosities. It's just it's a it's a pure and simple a victim and the choice that they make they have they're the ones that have the free will in this situation there's that that moment when you see them realize like when bobby explains she fell out of a three-story building she's not living through this and they don't really have a conversation about whether or not people are conscious when they're being possessed. We actually find that out after they've already made the choice, which I thought was super interesting. And I don't know, I, I'm curious as to your, your thoughts. I think it's a super interesting choice they make as the writers because we find out after that Meg has been awake for a lot of it. And that even more like her free will, she's been consciously aware of her free will being stripped from her through this experience. Um, but they don't actually know that up to that point. They have no idea if she's conscious. They have no idea. They they don't know anything. All they know is that she won't survive. And Dean like insists that like we're gonna we've got to. She deserves her her freedom. She deserves to be free of this demon, even if it means we're just putting her out of her misery. Yeah, I think you're obviously as always. You're just right. You're hitting it on the head. But the the like oldest sibling um raised in a very specific tradition sort of mentality of there is a right way to handle this situation <laughs> I know <laughs> I know Dean this right entire to- episode Dean this entire episode is that the epitome of the oldest sibling who's like there's a right and a wrong here we just have to find right it. literally and it's it's a it's a it's an objective or a <laughs> Family structure-based right and wrong versus individually-based right and wrongs that John and Sam are sort of bringing. Dean is like, no, according to the rules, this is right. Or according to the family, this is right. And Um, and his major tension in this episode is when those two things conflict. And his yes. and and his and he has to actually make the choice again. Coming back to free will, he has to make the choice of what to do. He has to exercise yep. his free will to choose between two things that he thinks are right or two things that he thinks are wrong. Yeah, I think I think obviously, obviously, um, this scene with Meg is a direct setup for everything with John, right? Like we need the setup of what happens if you exercise a demon and the demon's done shit in somebody's body the idea of what happens um, if a demon dies in someone's body there are all these sort of questions that aren't necessarily needed for john but that set up a lot of the tension that we see 
with what happens with John when we realize he's possessed. Um, and so it's right, it's an immediate fascination with, I don't know, I, my personal fast, immediate fascination was with Bobby, one, saying, no, you can't hurt her. That's a person. There's a person in there. Um, Bobby's, valuing, Bobby's, Bobby's valuing her life. Bobby's going, we exercise well, this demon, she's dead. Well, right, but then, right, it's an interesting definition of that. Mm-hmm. Because Bobby's like, you can't hurt her. Bobby's like, you can't hurt her because that's a person um, in there. Um, but you also can't get the demon out because the person will die. Yeah. And so yeah. you're sort of, as the audience, there's nothing you're really left with. like, um, Except anyway. free will. Except free will. That's the only Except thing they're left with. Is, well... And these are my own brainworms talking, but I'm sitting there like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do then, Bobby? Because we don't know that Meg is awake. We don't know what she has. So essentially I either have to consent to like, all right, I'm going to let this person be possessed. And continue to and- do harm, potentially do harm to other people. Right. Or right, the sort of the impetus, what we even see Dean claim is I killed her. Like I actively killed her as though he didn't just exercise a demon and who had, let, who had already made the choices like Meg jumped out that window Meg the demon chose made that choice to jump out that window that is the moment that the the person inside of the demon like, that's that's the moment that's the moment she dies really that's the moment uh, her fate is sealed where she cannot uh, be saved anymore I had okay I really hope they never listen to this I have had a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine multiple times recently, right? Because it keeps getting brought up almost as like a party trick. Mm-hmm. Um, and without going on one of my classic rabbit trails and going down all of this sort of threads of this, essentially our conversation is often boiled down to the point of um, like birth is non-consensual, ah. right? You cannot obtain somebody's consent to be born. Um, and it is, it has been a fascinating conversation to revisit, not only on my own or with this person, but with other people and in other contexts. Um, and I, and I say this solely because I was thinking of why this situation felt so, such a, presented such a horrific moral quandary for me. And it's because you are just making that decision for that person based on your own idea of what they need right? Dean did not kill the demon. He did not use a bullet then. No. He didn't seek out another opportunity to like just get the demon, right? It was exercise the demon and let her die or keep the demon and theoretically somebody lives. I was like, oh, there's no way (laughs) as far as they know to obtain the possessed person's consent or like understanding of what they want. Yeah, which is really interesting later on in this very episode because when John is possessed Mm -hmm. begs him like Dean tries to appeal to John because the demon says daddy's still alive in here daddy's gonna feel everything that's happening and so John so Dean goes I think I can get through I think that and they, they now have that information but with Meg at that moment they don't have that information they don't know right and so they, like you said, they can't, they have no way of getting that consent. And so they have differing opinions on what to do. 
because yeah, there is I, no good option. I'm curious what you would have done. I might, maybe I'm going to reveal my Dean coded nature here a little bit, but I, you, no way, no way. Um, I am really torn because, and I want to think about like both perspectives. Like I want to think about in the situation, in the position of the boys or Bobby, what would I do? But I also want to think about in the position of Meg, if I was like, there is no way for them to ask her, but if there's a way for them, was there, if there had been a way for them to ask her, what would she have wanted? And I try to think of like, what would I have wanted if I was in that position? And I think I would have, I would, I wouldn't want, I don't think I'd want to survive. Like, I don't think I'd want to survive to have my free will stripped from me and to have to experience doing harm that I hadn't consented to well, knowing that inevitably at some yeah. point I'm still going to die. And like, it's yeah. such a limited grasp of free will, but the free will to be able to choose your own death in that scenario, I think is where I would lean to. And I think that's the formula. I think that's the thought Dean's going through as well of like, yeah. of like, if there's no way to save her and she's going to be in greater misery until she die on her own two feet she deserves yeah she deserves to die not with this demon inside her she deserves to be free even if that freedom even if that freedom still bears the consequences of someone else's choices yeah yeah which is like a really it feels like it feels fucked up even to just say that that's I think I would make the same choice because I think any choice is terrible like any this is not a what's a good choice no no but I think I would actually probably lean towards making the same choice with this with the the information that I would have had at that point in their position um I think I think and obviously in this scenario it's complicated by the fact that Meg knows things and they're also trying to get information and they're also so wrapped up like also this is what's happening to Meg is so tied to what's happening to John and they don't know what's happening to John that there's that extra level of like they can't even take the like I think they can't even take the time to really make this decision well not that there's a good way to make this decision but they don't have the time to do any research to get to get a medical professional to do anything that could save her life because of the circumstances, they don't have that extra, they don't have any other, yeah, the context makes this harder. Anyway, I'm curious as to what your, your thought is on this. Um, I lean, I mean, obviously, but I, I lean very similarly, right? I think that, I think I would lean that nobody, <laughs> My first thought is that people don't want to be possessed by mm-hmm. a fucking demon. Yeah. Um, so the right thing is to like release them from that. Um, and I've sort of been sitting here trying to trouble that in my own head. What are yeah. the other options? What are the other ways that people could perceive this? I find myself right. actually empathizing um, with Sam's sort of perspective. I think it was Sam, right? Who was like, we could use her. She knows a lot. She is right here. We have her. Um, right if we keep if we right that the that that if if all of these things are inevitable if she's dead already if meg knows things if we can maybe save dad if we can maybe stop this demon that has killed 
who knows how many people you're like Sam is weighing the risk and reward of this and going yeah and going can I make it how can I what choice not just what choice is right well Mm -hmm. it kind of comes back to what I want to hear about that in the context of what you said earlier about like Dean's sense of right and wrong is kind of coming from both like the morality piece but also the family piece and Sam Mm -hmm. and John's is coming from a different can you talk a little bit about what you meant by Sam and John's end of that because I think it might link to this a little bit Ooh, yeah I really like that um yeah one of the things that we were talking about was um right Sam and John are really focused on and we've said this in a prior episode, really focused on this one very specific goal of getting this demon. They're linked to the past. It is their only goal. It is their ultimate goal. It is where they're sourcing all of their decision-making. And Dean is basing all of his decision-making on like Hunter's code, family code, which is in his mind, the same thing. Um, right. Because he doesn't see those two things as separate in the same way. Whereas for Sam and right. John, everything family. gets filtered through their family goal is the Hunter goal which is to stop this monster, which is to kill kill the thing that killed their loved ones. And every right, right or wrong decision gets filtered through, does it work us, does it get us a step closer to that? And when family sort of gets in the way of that, they, we see both Sam and John wrestle a little bit with that tension, but they have actually a lot less trouble wrestling with it. Yes, which is, oh, so interesting. One, I will say just the phrase, right, of for like Sam and John are consumed by the monster in hunting and Dean is consumed by the hunt. Oh, um, in terms of, right, you just made a point about how quickly or how easily they don't wrestle with some of these decisions the same way. I think it's fucking fascinating um, (laughs) that they don't, right? Because they're so focused on the hunt. We see that kind of repeated throughout this episode. We, We talked about it of Sam and John are like, obviously this is the decision and we would make this decision in a heartbeat because our only goal is this demon and they and both Dean do like- it in, ter- in terms of their own safety and they've been both doing yeah. that in multiple episodes leading up to this both the of them have had time. multiple moments where they are willing to risk themselves recklessly and not think about other options if they think that that is a good way to meet that objective yes which directly conflicts with Dean right? Who is struggling with these decisions because he's not focused on the demon. He has to weigh these demon decisions that everyone else is making against the whole like fucking rest of his life. Um, Who we, okay, I'll just jump to it. We We made the point, right? In our little texts about they choose John, but they don't, they choose John for Dean. Yeah. Sam specifically chooses John Forty, And this episode, there are two moments. So, okay, backing up. Um, in my episode with Alicia, two episodes ago, we talked about, I think we may have talked about it a little bit last week as well with Salvation, is we talked about how this season seems to be leading, all of the conflicts within the three Winchesters are leading yeah. to some inevitable time with some inevitable choice. And the way yeah. the season is driving us, the way it's driven us the last few episodes particularly it's been very much of like dean is gonna have to make a choice dean is gonna have to make a yeah. choice dean is gonna have to make a choice it's gonna be john or sam it's gonna be john or sam we've seen him make small choices um again john and sam who's he gonna side with who's he gonna go with 
who's going to be his priority. And what turns in this episode is suddenly we realize that's never was never the choice the story was leading us to. Because it's not, no. we, don't, we don't need to know who Dean would pick. We already know who Dean would pick. We've known that since yeah. episode one when he showed up at Sam's doorstep. Yeah. What we need to know is who Sam is going to pick. Yeah. Because Sam has this choice. And oh, this is the episode where it all comes to a head. It gives me, it gives me absolute goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps. This is so well built. And it's the exact, that tension, because we've been playing on the tension between Dean and Sam and Dean and John this entire season, Mm -hmm. Sam making that choice is make, is, is putting investment in there, right? We've talked, you're right. It's it's all of these plot threads we've been talking about all season of, um, wow, both of our show and of their show. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Wow, we have a real show. We do. Um, we have a show with continuity and plot threads <laughs> that we've been talking about all season. I love, I love seeing this come together. Oh, it's a good time. Um, yeah, no, it's these plot threads of, of tension, right? It's this, mo- it's, I know we just kind of made, I just made this point about the focus is either the monster or the hunt, but Sam is like, this is why you came and got me. You came and got me so that we could get this demon. And you can kind of see Dean in that moment realize like Sam doesn't, doesn't get it. Think, Sam still, still thinks it was about the demon. It was never it's about the demon. Tension from the prior episode around um, when John is like, I want Sam to go back to school and I want Mary back and I want Dean to have a home. Like that is still the moment. And I, oh my God, the scene, right? The, the scene the scene capital s scene um dean realizing it's the demon because oh. john would have been pissed the fuck off and that, he used that bullet for sam which circling circling back circling back dean making that decision in a heartbeat oh yeah after wrestling with moral quandaries across the board in a fucking heartbeat because the same Oh my God, the and same denied focus that they have on the demon is the same denied focus he has on Sam. Mm. Yeah, and the reason that he brought the cult, like the reason he brings the cult, the reason Sam, the reason Sam doesn't want them to bring the cult and the reason Dean lies and brings it anyway is that reason, is defining, is defined by that difference between them because Dean brings it because he might need it to save Sam. Sam does right. not want to bring it because they might not be able to kill the demon if they use all the bullets. And so Dean, when he makes the decision to bring it regardless, he's already made the decision of like, I will use this to save Sam. And what's yeah. also interesting with the cult particularly is that two episodes ago, we saw John use a bullet to save Sam. So the cult had four bullets to begin with in this season. We've now used two of them. Both of them we have used saving Sam Ooh. by both other winchesters which is super super interesting it is it is and, it, and for that the, the impetus for him realizing we, we lost our minds right it was he didn't get mad about the bullet and then he called dean's son yeah and he and he told him he was proud of it and yeah he and reassured like, oh. him he had made the right choice john not has dad. not once in this season reassured dean that he made the right choice Mm-mm. As soon as we get John back, right, in the car, in the Impala, right at the end of the episode, he, the, the first thing he does is, Sam, why would you do that? Those were stupid decisions. Why were you guys doing these things? Because Sam has, because Sam has sided with Dean. Like, he, he has not ripped into Sam 
Like he, he rips into Sam for mul- for two different reasons when he rips into Sam in the season. One is because they're so similar and he doesn't actually like that fact, even though he all like, they're on the same page, but they have different ideas of how to do it. Mm-hmm. And the other times is when Dean, when Sam shows that he's not exactly willing to do what D- what John will do for the hunt. And this episode, we get more of the Sam had two opportunities to make choices, pretty back to back. He had two opportunities to make choices between John and Sam or John and Dean. And both times he chooses Dean, but he also has to choose John in order to choose Dean, which you mentioned earlier. And it's just like such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, I I straight up almost started crying the whole moment when Demon John is begging Sam, right? Don't listen to, don't listen to Dean. It's me. It's me. Look at me. Your brother's losing his mind and you can, this is a man. This is a demon convinced by the man he's in. That he has the power in this room. They yeah. can do the same thing he's always done. And I, I'm curious about what you could, so based on what you said there, I'm really curious about this because the line between John and the demon seems very mm. fluid in those scenes. And so we never really yeah. know, we don't always know which one of them is actually speaking. Like we kind of do, we know off the like, right. just kind of the baseline of what they're kind of explicitly telling us in the episode. But there are a right. number of moments where we know it's the demon messing with them, but also he's using things that only John would know. And right. vice versa, like we have moments where it's probably, you know, where like you'd think it would be the demon, but it's actually just John. And oh, damn, that's good. <laughs> the monster is personal for Sam, which is a narrative thread, but it is also a plot thread because the monster is literally personal for Sam. Yeah. In terms of his like abilities and history and connections. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't so even know to what extent it's personal yet. He just knows. No. He just knows all this is revolving around him in some way. Um, But I think that also, where was I going? I got this. It's just interesting. Cause you, yeah. Cause you kind of said like when the demon is begging. Yeah. Sam to, you know, like that. Yeah. He thinks he has all the power in this room. And he thinks in some ways it doesn't matter which role he plays the demon, whether he plays the demon, plays himself or he plays John. Like he, Mm. Mm. he's trying to use whatever he can to manipulate them towards an end we don't at this point in the show we don't know what he wants Ooh, Ooh. that's an interesting I love that this sort of no matter who he plays demon or john right demon's gonna get sam and john's gonna get dean and 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 vice versa in different ways two Mm. questions what does the demon want out of this out of this scenario because this demon is incredibly powerful. He's not in the scenario because he has to be. He's in the scenario, like they didn't trap him. He he trapped them in this scenario. Right. Why does he trap them? And what does he want out of this? What is he, what is he going for? Like, what is his preferred outcome? Does he actually get the outcome he wants? I think, I think based on this, it's fairly obvious that he doesn't want some like an object um and that he doesn't want a like knowledge Mm -hmm. right there's no questions no and I think he also fairly clearly doesn't want harm to come to Sam 
Sam is the only one in this scenario that is like not really ever in danger of dying. Fair. I don't Other know how earlier on in the episode, like in that, in that, I don't in that know how clear that, but I'm with you on it. I, yeah, maybe it's not, maybe it's not incredibly clear. Maybe it's just cause I'm getting all of the focus is, I think a lot of the focus is on will they be able to kill John and will the demon right. straight up kill Dean? Um, like you're right, obviously, but I think, I think no harm coming to Sam comes off more as like the efforts of Dean and John. Ooh, and okay. Okay. That it, no one else is willing to harm Sam in this situation. Okay. Right. Because the focus is we're with them. The focus is on the demon or the focus is on saving Sam. We miss the connection between those two. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I like that. I feel, I feel like I would walk away from this with, he wants the Winchesters for some reason. I would even say there's something about him trying to get Sam to choose him. Ooh. Because if Sam does, if Sam chooses to oh my god oh my god the implication to kill john or try to kill john even if the demon gets out even if the demon he doesn't manage to kill the demon he's now he's now taken like that level of control that he already in a lot of ways he already has over sam because sam is obsessed with killing him he's then taken that control to another level if sam actually is willing to sacrifice his father for that right but even going back to when he's like trying to convince sam that dean is wrong right it's he is trying to exert power over sam the moment he walks in the room Mm -hmm. over the brothers but like oh specifically sam over sam's free will and sam sees it as am i choosing john or dean chooses dean every time and that is oh my god dean wanting to defend sam with his life not being able to effectively do anything i mean he does he literally kills demon to save sam's life sam is like you literally saved my life but dean's focus on saving Sam being what wins Sam's trust being what oh, yeah. saves Sam poetic cinema mm-hmm. well it's both them and it, and to come back to the theme it's both them exerting their free will in yeah. in very different but paralleled ways Dean is expressing the priority he's stated and he's finally getting through to Sam about what that is about why he came to get him at Stanford about why they're in this together about why why this is all happening why dean is making the choices he finally gets through to sam that that's what's happening and then sam exerts his free will in that he makes he gets the opportunity more than once to make that choice what am Mm -hmm. i why am i here what is most important to me is killing this demon coming come first like john at the end of the episode says you know you know, killing this demon comes first, like before me, before everything. And Sam, you know, reiterates it's not before everything. That last shot of like Sam drives the Impala in the last scene of this episode. Uh, This episode like comes down to Sam's choices. This episode comes down to Sam's free will. Even though so many of the choices leading up to that, we get like the first two thirds of the episode largely focused on Dean's choices, Dean's choices with Meg, Dean's choices with John. And then we get this switch where all of a sudden the emphasis is on what's Sam gonna do? Magic. Okay, so we're gonna move from our theme discussion into our going meta segment for the last time this season. Super exciting. First up, we are tracking the deaths in each episode. So in terms of meaningful, 
um, deaths. We have the, we have two, we have the girl um, that Meg is possessing and we have the man that the other um, demon is possessing. I don't think there were any other actual deaths this episode. No. And even, you know, in terms of significant to the plot deaths, we don't have any, um, surprisingly. Um, I watched this episode twice before recording, and when I watched it with Jacob um, a couple of days ago, (laughs) he pointed out that they absolutely should all be dead based on that truck. Like, the cream should have been scrap metal. It should have been concave. Yeah, yes, exactly. Concave, that's the word. Um, So, you know, they could have probably used a smaller vehicle to crush the impala and attain the same effect so we are definitely left not knowing and not certain that any of them survive this as somebody who was in a car that hit the back of an 18 wheeler um and had whiplash for a month i don't know what they're doing i don't know how any of them are staggering away from this shit and again begs the question because we see the shot of so, a, a demon in the truck that hits them we're left mm-hmm. with the big question of what who is this demon and what do they want um next up is the bechdel test no no not a one yeah. i saw one i saw i saw one woman two women that's no i'll give it to him i saw two women who were never in a scene together um meg who was rabidly sexualized. Oh, grossly. Uh, grossly, again. Uh, yeah, talk about, yeah, we'll take, I'll, t- I'll take this minute and say we also pointed out, like, their choice to have Meg, like, this demon be a woman, and for her to interact with the people in the show like this. Every time she has one note, as, she has one note as a personality. Like, one yes. note, every instance this season. And it's really but unfortunate. I know, I she's know not- how to read it evil woman and what she, if she was a kinky really sexual woman ugh, yeah makes me gag every time every time evil right and and I'll, yeah well yeah so yeah first off that um but also just like this is the only like recurring significant female character in this entire season mm. like the only recurring significant female character and for that alone, it's really gross that, yeah, that she's as kind of one-dimensional in terms of her personality. Like, she's evil and she's sexy. Ta-da! So, no Bechdel test today. Better luck next time. Next, we have our lore check. There is a ton of lore in this episode. Mm. We, this episode is obviously called Devil's Trap. We get to see a devil's trap. We get to see a um, sigil. I guess it's a sigil, technically, that Mm -hmm. will um, contain a demon. Um, And, oh, okay, in this, we need to talk about Bobby because we didn't talk about Bobby at all or very little in in our earlier discussion. And Bobby is introduced this episode. This is like... In terms of lore, in terms of the supernatural universe, Bobby's a big deal. What is your first impressions now that you've seen Bobby's like first episode? And you then know, I mean, obviously knowing what you know about Bobby. Yeah. What do you think of this introduction? It, okay, can I say 
I, <laughs> I had two thoughts, one of which were, oh, there's Bobby. And the second thought was like, wait a second, there's Bobby. And I realized simultaneously, I was shocked he's this early in the show. Ah. Uh, and also shocked. Um, because I had sort of assumed he was there the whole time, right? Just Bobby right. is Bobby's like background noise. He's a staple Bobby, in this show. Yeah. No, you assume he's always been there. I do. I really do. I'm like, oh, there's Bobby. And we all know Bobby. And you were like, this is the first episode. And I was like, oh my fucking God. And the familiarity. Oh, the familiarity yes. that he has with both Winchesters is mm. really interesting. Like we see his banter back and forth with Dean. We see Dean um, really, really subtly um, when he's talking about the fight that Bobby and John have. You see a bit of like, I think a little bit of like sadness on Dean's part um, for the fact that they haven't seen Bobby recently because him and John had a fight and John was an asshole. And, you know, we kind of imply all of that. And, you know, right. you've kind of got a little bit of the, like, Dean being a little bit like, mm, that's really sucked because you can tell the relationship with him and Bobby means something to him. And then you pointed this out. Um, what happens when, when Meg gets in the room? What does Sam do with Bobby? Uh, he goes to protect Bobby immediately. Sam's scrawny little ass, like, <laughs> puts his arm across Bobby's chest. Like, they're driving down a highway and take a stop too fast and Bobby was in the passenger seat. Um, right and like puts him behind him a little bit what on earth am I looking at like the implications of that movement for who Bobby is to both yeah. these boys is really interesting yeah I you immediately love this man a little bit or at least you trust him yeah. you're with them somehow this is a hunter that not only do we all trust this is a hunter we in this room very specifically the Winchesters trust yeah, which there are not a lot of those. We know that from this season. There are not a lot of hunters that they know or trust. And this also is just an incredibly knowledgeable person, which does beg the question of like why they haven't gone to him earlier. But obviously without knowing about the right. fight, we don't really know. Um, but Bobby like gives them more information in the space of like three minutes in the episode then they've like they've struggled to find information about demons all season and bobby just is like that's a devil's trap you know demons can keep yeah. people alive even if their bodies are really injured this exorcism i these, these protective symbols like bobby's just a wealth of information it's and we've we've talked i feel like we've talked about this i think on our episode with alicia mm -hmm. um but also broadly um it's really spoilers I guess but John having like his little notebook and then Bobby <laughs> being like yeah I keep copies of everything I have lore for days you want a book I have I have hundreds of books yeah. on this lore and John's like here's everything I know Dean's like we gotta guard this journal and Bobby's like what the fuck are you talking about we have I have a library. Like, what's going on here? Right. Bobby's like, here, take this book. You might need it. It's no big deal. I'll be fine without it. Literally. Literally. Oh, Bobby. That's the biggest lore piece of this episode. It's just that we meet Bobby. Anything else in terms of lore? Um, I, like, I like the little tech machine that came out when they were looking for John. I don't know what the fuck. That was the EMF meter. I think it's the EMF meter. That detects demons? I 
Good, good question. Um, it looks like the EMF meter, but maybe I something else. I was like, ah, oh, EMF. And I was like, how? Unless they they, the EMF meters wouldn't pick up on a demon, but it would pick up on if there were any spirits. Beep, 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 beep supernatural like, energy. Beep, beep, yeah. beep, that's <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the like really sketchy, like we don't really ever define what the EMF can, can and can't do. It's just sort no. of there. I love it. I just love when they, they bring up, here's one cool gadget for the episode. In terms of locations, this episode takes place across several states. It starts in uh, Salvation, Iowa. Then they go to Lincoln, Nebraska. They go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is where Bobby is. And then to Jefferson City, Missouri, which is where the big showdown with the demon happens. Um, and this episode, in terms of filming, was filmed kind of all across also across several cities. Um, Bobby's house is actually a place that's now been demolished. I am unsure as to whether or not when we meet Bobby in future episodes, it was filmed in the same place. Um, there's a few features of it that look a little different than the Bobby scrapyard that we'll see in the future. So we'll check back in with that when we get to later episodes. Um, pop culture, anything that you picked up on for pop culture? Nothing. It's, Sorry. Nope. Again, nothing. We pointed out, um, I think it may have been last, maybe my episode with Alicia, we talked about how they're in the episodes that are more serious and in the episodes with John, particularly, they're not cracking mm-hmm. jokes or pop culture. Ref- Dean's not making pop culture references in the episodes that John is in because he's a lot less lighthearted, which is, is what it is. Unfortunate. And lastly, in our going meta segment, we have um, gaydar, so sexuality and gender. Where does gayness come from and how is it transmitted? We talked about Meg and the way she's characterized. That's kind of the big gender piece in this episode. And the way that they have Dean interact with her is so, it's so gross, right? Because it's, it's her being so sexualized and him being so angry Right. I think I made the comment. I was like, this feels like bad acting, but I can't tell if it's Jensen Ackles acting <laughs> or if it's Dean's acting. Right. I'm like, how? Right. Is it Dean playing his persona? Right. Um, no, but it's so gross. It's so, so gross. gross. It's the writers unpleasant. were like, trying to, this is to cater to our, our audience. Um, it's an, it's a nasty little interaction. Yeah. It's a nasty presentation of gender on both fronts both in terms of the way that females are personified and characterized and in terms of the way that male characters are interacting with them based on that personification. Yeah. Um, the sexual, the sexualizing of these roles. Yeah. Because the, I mean, when they interact with other monsters and other demons, it's, there's much more substance to those interactions with Meg. It's just one note. So that brings us to the end of this episode discussion. So I want to say a huge thank you to all of my co-hosts for all of their work this whole season. They have made this show possible and I've been just so grateful that they've all been willing to come every week and talk about this um, wonderful, silly little TV show with me. And to our listeners, thank you also for coming along for the ride this season. We are so excited to have made it through an entire season, one fifteenth of the way to go. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and come talk to us by sending in a voicemail or tagging us on Twitter or TikTok. 
Next week, we will be doing a season one recap episode and previewing what is coming and what we are excited for in season two. Thank you so much for being with me today, Hannah. Always a delight. I'm so glad to be here. We wish you all a peaceful road until we meet again. A note to our listeners. This episode was recorded prior to our season three name change, where we went from Driver Picks the Podcast to Saving People, Queering Things. For all of our new social media platforms, visit queeringthingspodcast.com.